So this podcast really explains the five key components of the capital gains tax as it relates to estate planning. So capital gains tax is something that sometimes comes up and bites people uh, when they least expect it, but it applies typically when somebody sells an asset. Let's go through kind of five key components of the capital gains tax that you need to know and that are considered when you're kind of putting your estate planning program in place. The first one is just the basic rule of the step up in basis. Best way to explain that is to give you an example. So let's say dad bought some stock years ago and he bought it for $10 a share and he held on to it and now it's worth $60 a share. Well, there's $50 of capital gain in that one share of stock. Bought it for 10, now it's worth 60. If dad sells it, he'll have $50 of capital gain and he'll incur capital gains tax um, on that $50 of gain. Maybe depending upon you know where he lives and what the capital gains tax rates are, maybe 20 or 25% would be the capital gains tax rate. Now, uh, let's say, so so um, the step up in basis, this first rule means that when dad dies, um, dad's assets get what's called a step up in basis. So again, if he would have sold the stock during his lifetime, he would have incurred capital gains tax on the $50 of gain. But when he dies, this the share of stock gets a step up in basis. The new basis will shift from $10 where it was when dad bought it. The new basis will be the value on the date of dad's death. Let's say it's worth $60 when dad dies. So that's a good thing. The, the basis got stepped up. Dad dies. It's worth $60. The, the share of stock is sold for $60 right after dad dies there's no capital gains tax to pay. So that's the, that's the basics behind this first point, the step up in basis. The second key point about capital gains tax that you need to know about is the carryover basis on donated assets. So let's go back to the example of dad. He bought a share of stock for $10. It grew in value to $60. He didn't sell it, he just kept it. But now let's say before dad died, he gave or donated that share of stock to his daughter. Well, because dad donated that share of stock to his daughter, then this is not a good thing. The daughter gets what's called a carryover basis. So because dad donated the share, the daughter's basis will be whatever dad's basis was. His basis was $10 per share. He gave the share of stock to his daughter. That's the daughter's basis in the the share, $10. So when she sells it, she'll likely incur significant capital gains tax because it was worth $60 when he gave it to her. So that's not necessarily a good thing when when someone uh, is given an appreciated asset, they get it at that carryover basis, not necessarily the best deal. So as a result of that, a lot of people, when they're figuring out what to do with their estate, a lot of people tend to 
hold on to the appreciated assets and let the heirs inherit them at a, as a, at a step up in basis. And if they want to make gifts to their children or to their heirs, they often make cash gifts and allow the children or the heirs to receive the inherit the appreciated assets at that stepped up in basis. So number one, you know what the step up is. Number two, now you know that the carry there's a carryover basis for donated property. Number three is to really understand the home exclusion. So there's a tax uh, exclusion for capital gains when somebody sells their home. And if they're a single person, they get to exempt the first $250,000 of gain from capital gains tax. Note that it's not the first $250,000 of proceeds of the sale, it's the first $250,000 of gain. So if someone bought a home for $300,000 under this rule, they could sell the home for up to $550,000 and incur no capital gains tax because they can exempt the first $250,000 of gain. Also important to note that married couples can exempt the first $500,000 of gain. So if a married couple bought a house for $400,000, they could sell it for up to $900,000 and incur no capital gains tax. There's a definition of what is the home and how long you have to live there, so be aware of that. So um, that really allows most people to sell their home without incurring any capital gains tax. That's rule number three, the home ex exclusion. Rule number four, which you know we don't see a lot, but we see it among real estate investors, is the 1031 exchange or the like-kind exchange. There's some very particular rules that must be followed, but essentially it goes like this. Let's say someone has some rental property or commercial property and it's highly appreciated. They want to sell it, but they're concerned about how much capital gains tax there'd be from the sale. So what they do is they do what's called a 1031 exchange. And again, particular rules to follow, but when they sell that appreciated property, the funds go typically in escrow, and then those funds are used to purchase an additional piece of property. And when you do it that way, then the capital gains tax on the first sale, there's, there's no tax to pay. That basis that you had in the first piece of property just moves into the second piece of property. So a lot of rules there. I've uh, got to follow the rules, but be aware that there's the potential for um, avoiding capital gains tax if you follow the requirements of a 1031 or like-kind exchange. And then if you hold that property for your lifetime, then there'll never be capital gains tax on any appreciation because of the step-up in basis. And then the fifth and key point to the step-up in basis and using it the right way, particularly for married couples, is, is what I refer to as the double step up in basis. And, and this is when you have to be, you and your estate planning attorney have to be proactive and be aware that this possibility exists. Because married couples, and, and I will say in a community property state like Louisiana, when the first spouse dies, all of the community property gets a step up in basis, not just the first spouse's half. All of it gets a step up in basis. And that's an advantage of number one, living in a community property state, and number two, 
owning what married couples have as community property versus separate property. So all the community property gets a step up in basis when the first spouse dies. And if the estate planning is done correctly, and it's not going to be done correctly unless you're proactive and aware of this, but if you do it the right way, then everything gets a step up in basis again when the surviving spouse dies. Now, note that under old school estate planning, when we had a $600,000 estate tax exemption and we didn't have something called portability, estates were never set up to get this double step up in basis. And so families, after both spouses died, often incurred significant capital gains tax upon the sale of assets because the deceased uh, spouse, the first to die's spouse's share didn't get another step up in basis when the surviving spouse died. But now all bets are off. Our, our, it used to be the take every action you can take to avoid estate tax, even if it meant not doing the best thing for capital gains tax. But now married couples can have $22.4 million and pay zero estate tax. So now the key to estate planning, um, particularly when it comes to eliminating both estate tax and capital gains tax, is arranging the estate planning so that everything gets a step up in basis on the first death and everything gets a step up in basis on the second death. So that all goes into how you structure your estate planning program, your estate planning documents, your will, your trust, and uh, to take advantage of the double step up in basis. That could save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, all depending upon how much you own and how much appreciation occurs from the death of the first spouse to die until the death of the second spouse to die. So that's the key point, kind of the key secret these days. Not everybody addresses it, but it needs to be addressed is making sure that you take advantage of the double step up in basis. So there you have it, your five key rules for estate planning to avoid capital gains tax. Number one, be aware of the step up in basis rule. Number two, uh, be aware of the carryover basis rule for donated appreciated assets. Number three, make sure you understand the home exclusion. If you're a single person, $250,000 of gain excluded. Married couples, $500,000 of gain is excluded when you sell your home. For the 1031 exchange, like if you're if you're selling property and then reinvesting that money into like-kind property, and again, there's many definitions of that, you can avoid the capital gains tax on the initial sale by following the 1031 exchange rules. And then five, been a big shift over the last maybe few years of arranging your estate planning and instead of a focus on avoiding the estate tax, the focus now needs to be on arranging your estate to take advantage of the double step up in basis. So when it ultimately goes to the children or other heirs, they can sell assets and, and incur no tax, no capital gains tax. So there you have it, five key points about estate planning and the capital gains tax. Hope that helps. Go take care of business and um, step it up to get the step up. We'll see you.